For Chelsea fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Never miss a match with live commentary, goal alerts, lineups, in-game stats and TV and radio links for over 100 leagues globally. Download the free CFC Blues app now from the App Store and Google Play. What's up everyone, you're listening to At The Bridge Pod, episode 38, and today we're going to be reviewing our very, very poor result against Manchester United, in which we lost 2-0, as well as previewing the huge, huge clashes against Bayern Munich, and arguably our biggest game of the season against Tottenham Hotspur. I'm your host Mike, and joining me as always is my co-host Chris, so let's get this episode on the road. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of At The Bridge Pod. I'm your host, Mike, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Chris. Hello. How are you doing today? I'm okay. I'm quite tired. It's been a long week, but I'm okay. How are you? I'm good. It's, it's a, it's a, we've got a nice set of fixtures as it is tonight for the Europa League. I'm, I'm looking forward to Getafe and Ajax. It's gonna be, that's going to be interesting. Maybe. It's going to be interesting to see, yeah, see what he does. Let's see what he does. Exactly. I think everyone's under underrating um, Getafe. They're pretty decent in La Liga, so I'm I'm excited to see where they how they play against Ajax. So be interesting. Mm, definitely. So we'll jump in to our game review. The winter break it came to a close, and we have had a football game. We both watched this game together down the local pub. It wasn't the result either of us expected, especially after such an incredible first half performance where I'd say we both feel we were the better team. And yet, right in stoppage time, Martial heads the ball in. We go in 1-0 da- down. I mean, what were your thoughts on that first half performance? It, it's been almost consistent throughout this whole season at home where have a good 30, 40 minutes to begin with. And then all of a sudden it just, that the other team gets a goal and we just seemingly have no answers for that goal. We don't seemingly know how to adapt. We don't seemingly know how to get a goal ourselves when we go 1-0 down at home. And it's just, it's so strange because we were the better team in the first half. And I think you could argue it was a better team in the second half as well. And it's just, so frustrating to watch because we've got the players, you know, we've had really good results away from her. But at home, it's been so frustrating because we just don't seemingly have a plan B. We, we just seemingly don't have an answer to any teams that come to Stamford Bridge and score a goal against us. It's, it's a real weird one. Yeah, I mean, before we started the game, we had obviously Tammy Abraham out injured. Loftus-Cheek was still coming back to fitness. Pulisic was out injured. hudson Adoy out injured. Emerson out injured. Kepper benched due to his woeful form. And then during the game, we experienced N'Golo Kante being subbed off injured, which was mm. uh, another knockback, unfortunately. It uh, was, Mag- but I do actually think it's almost, I mean, I can't understand this, but it was almost a blessing in disguise because I feel Kovacic and Jorginho are better when Kante isn't there. Don't get wrong. I'm yeah, that's true. World class player, and when Mount uh, when Mount came on, I thought he was our best player. So, it, in a way, it kind of was a blessing in disguise. But we still lost. So, in that sense, it weren't. I mean, what else were we experienced in that in that game? Obviously, we'll touch on this more in depth in a minute. But Maguire kicking Batshuayi in the crown jewels, no repercussion there. 
Uh, Christensen obviously got elbowed in the face. Then he obviously, unfortunately, subsequently lost his marker for the first goal. And then he obviously got subbed off injured and he's had to go to, I'm not sure if he's gone to France or Germany for this face mask so he can play against Spurs Saturday. I thought it was Milan. Milan He's gone to. Was it Milan? I think that's probably, that sounds about right. Yeah. I haven't been paying much attention to where it was. (laughs) But I don't know why, like, places in England don't have a face mask or a broken 3D printing, maybe. 3D printing costs. (laughs) Um, Our equaliser obviously then got disallowed with VAR. We'll go on that in a bit. And then Maguire, who shouldn't be on the pitch at this time, scores United second. I mean, what in the actual hell can Lampard do at that point? You know, there was so much going against the team. I mean, we have to sort of, you know, I mean, as the title of this episode suggests, it wasn't just a tale of two halves. It was the tale of three bars. I mean, (laughs) three decisions went against us. The Giroud offside goal, fair enough, was offside. However, Zuma goal being ruled out for a possible push from Azpilicueta is quite dubious for me. And then Harry Maguire not being shown a red for a kick out on Batshuayi, it's certainly the big talking point. How are you seeing these three in crucial calls in this game? Well, I mean, the, the Giroud goal, unfortunately, is offside. I mean, for me, that offside, like, going to be after that, is just sucking the life out of the match-going fans it ruins the atmosphere, it ruins the experience. It's just, it's sucking the life out of football. And I just, I think we're better off without VAR, to be honest. I don't think the linesman are doing that bad of a job. Um, as for the choir pushing, um, is it Williams he pushed? It was, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that very, very dubious. You can quite clearly see Fred pushing as for the choir into Williams. I, I can kind of see what I've given it. But at the same time, I feel it's very, very soft. And Maguire, how he stayed on the pitch, I don't know. I mean, Son got sent off for uh, for much less than that earlier on in the season. So how Maguire has stayed on, I really don't know because he's quite clearly pushed his foot out. The motion has gone into Batchaway and it is a kick out. So I don't know how he stayed on the pitch, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, Lampard's comments after the game on the, the, well, those particular calls, you know, he said on... He said that Maguire should have been sent off. That's clear. And that obviously changes the game. As Piliqueta gets shoved, so the goal should stand. Drew was a toenail offside. And that one, I understand. I don't get why they aren't looking at the monitor. It should be used. And he's spot on. I mean, Maguire, uh, the fact that VAR looked at it and they said no, was quite a shock for me. Because like you said, it's of that time, the similar kind of situation that Son was in. And Son got sent off. Obviously, mm. Maguire. I mean, you, you, there were some arguments from fans that if Mourinho was at the dugout, Maguire would have been sent off. Just the way the reaction of obviously how we know Mourinho can be, and it, mate, it's an interesting point. I mean, the Aspilicueta one, he gets shoved. Yes, there's not a lot of the shove, but it's still enough. And okay, maybe if he just falls into Brandon instead of pushing in, maybe that gets ruled in. Uh, difficult. Giroud, though, yeah, that's it. offside at the moment. Wenger's talking about the change in this rule. But, um, yeah, it's offside. It, it's, it, it sucks, but it's offside. So there's not a lot we can we can really do. I mean, yeah, yeah Zuma's goal, why they called it, you know, he's pushed by Fred, as Blaquetta is, and, yeah, I've, yeah. I mean, I is Maguire's worse than Son and Rudiger? The attempt's clearly there. 
I, I think it's much worse. I, I mean, it's the same sort of motion than what Son did. Son went upwards. Whereas mm. I think McGuire's more of a sort of stamp on, um, as you described it, Batchway's crown jewels. So how <laughs> uh, VAR looked at it and didn't, even a booking, even a yellow card. I mean, it's, yeah. Uh, how and uh, how the officials didn't see it. I, I don't know how they missed a clear and obvious because that is a clear and obvious mistake. He's quite clearly stamped. The commentators knew it. Both managers probably knew it. The players knew it. Maguire knew it. But somehow, it's just not given as a red. And I think what the problem with AR is is that there's no consistency. One game that would be a red card. Another game that isn't a red card. Very true. Penalties and diving and offsides and this and that. It's just, where's the consistency with VAR? It's so frustrating. Really, really is frustrating. Like I said, I personally think we're better off without VAR. Yeah, I could tell in person that you you weren't the biggest fan of VAR. You wouldn't be getting the uh, the T-shirt to say, you know, you're a huge supporter of it. I wasn't very happy and I was even... Less happy when the Man United fans behind us were cheering at me, <laughs> celebrating, and then realising it weren't a goal. But uh, it was we good. Talk about that. It, yeah, I mean, for me, VAR. We get we're going to be talking about it for a long time. We're going to be talking about it next season over the summer. I'm sure it's it's been a talking point throughout the season. I mean, for me, I feel it. We implement it differently than across Europe. For me. It feels like at the moment, which I'm, I feel this is the way it goes, if there's a decision that's got to be made, it's made at a different location. The referee doesn't make the decision. It goes to the officials in the VAR room. Now, across Europe, how it works is the referee will make the decision himself. He'll be advised, look, there's been a mistake or there's been something that's happened. We feel you should look at the monitor. Now, Obviously, that kind of puts a bit of pressure on the referee because maybe he feels, oh, I have to look at this decision and make a change. Not necessarily, but the fact they get to look at it themselves and then make their own decision, you still have that fact that it's the referee making the decision, whilst at the moment it's the officials in another area making the decision for the ref, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, I think it's spot on. The rest of them would feel under pressure to go and look at the monitor. But if Anthony Taylor would have looked at that monitor and seen what Maguire did, I mm. certainly believe he would have sent him off. Yeah, I mean, you can't. The fact that it wasn't a booking as well is quite a shock. Yeah. You yeah, know, at least a ridiculous. booking. It's ridiculous. Yeah. You know, that's kind of just how it went. I mean... Yeah, it's it, overall, I'd say the fact that decision alone is appalling. And we, we could easily be talking about a 1-0 or a 1-1. But then even then, you've got to consider down to 10 men, it's going to affect the whole game. Would yeah, we and have it's took... their captain and their, their leading centre-back. Exactly, so 100%. It's a big game-changer, big, big game-changer. Especially considering we were the team on top during that first half. You, you know, we exactly. could have easily been going yeah. in 1-0. Um Overall, we're going to go into a little different thing. Overall, when you see Pedro, Michi and William, we're talking about the lineup, obviously, guys. You know, you know, it's uh, as the front three, them three. I mean, you do worry. I worried seeing the notification flash up on my phone. What are the changes y- you would make, really? I mean, going into the games versus Spurs and Bayern. I mean, when well, you looked at that front three. Well, obviously, we watched the game on Monday night and... <laughs> I made my feelings quite clear about Batshuayi that night. Um, 
uh, for me, he's not good enough at the moment. He quite he's, he's, he's not lacking. clinical. He's lacking a lot of confidence. You can clearly tell. He was snatching his chances. I mean, the one chance was a sitter. Giroud would have yeah. scored that. Abraham would have scored that. Morata probably would have scored that. Iguain probably would have scored that. I think Batshuayi just isn't good enough for a top, top team in the Premier League. I just, I firmly believe that. Pedro and Willian, very, very hot and cold. Pedro, I thought, was okay. Weren't amazing, but okay. Willian, unfortunately, had an off day. And when he's on those days, he's not good for the team. He really, really is poor. He's sloppy in possession. He doesn't create anything. He just seems off the pace. He was just it's, one of those days yeah. for Willian. It's that argument of it'll be either a 2 out of 10 or an 8 out of 10 performance. And I think it may be harsh to say 2 out of 10, but it weren't his best his mm. best showing. I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, for me, Giroud has to be our number one striker currently whilst Abraham's out. Agreed. That's why he's just, he's just not clinical. And there were chances, that's especially the one we're talking about, the left footed, he, that should go in the net. Simple. And you saw when Giroud came on, okay, was ruled out for offside, was offside. But you showed that you saw the difference straight away. Mm, exactly. And, exactly. And Giroud isn't known for his goal scoring abilities. And yet you would say he's more clinical. He gets the chance. He scores goals. Well, he, even though, you know, he's not, you know, this 20 goal a season goal scorer, Giroud. But again, he, he's better than Batshuayi in the sense that he'll hold up play. He'll make players around him look better. He'll create chances. If Mount was playing off Giroud, I mean, Mount would score loads of goals. If Mount was playing off Batshuayi, you wouldn't even get any chances because Batshuayi can't hold up the ball. He's awful at holding up the ball. And it's just, you need that focal point. That's why Abraham's good because you've got a focal point. You can play off him. It's good to have a player like that. And unfortunately, Batshuayi is not strong enough to do that. And he's too sloppy in possession to do that. Yeah, I mean, as well, Pedro, I felt he was a bit of a liability during the game. I mean, he gave a foul away. I mean, that was his own making as well. I mean, I'm sure everyone knows the foul. You know, he's trying to dribble out from the box himself and then he goes back and then he pulls down. Uh, I can't remember who it was. It might have been Fernandez or Fred. And you th- I think it was Thread, Fred. And you just think, you, you've just given us a fr- them a free kick in a great position. Well, what, what was going on? I had no idea what made him do that. It was just so frustrating. Yeah, I mean, that's the problem with William and Pedro. They don't make it easy for themselves. I mean, you look at them, you think, what, what are you doing? Where are you going? Don't get me wrong, they're both incredible players and they've both been brilliant servants to Chelsea, but unfortunately, they're just so hot and cold at the moment that, you know, you, you need you need a Hudson and on the pitch, don't you? You need that injection of pace, that yeah. rawness, and you got you need Pulisic, who's got that creative mind, that superb footballing brain, in that blistering pace. And those two that I've just mentioned are one step ahead of the game at the minute. Pedro and William are letting the game pass them by, and that's not what we need at the moment. Yeah, it's the, it's the injuries have mounted up, and it, it's so unfortunate. I mean, saying Mount, I have said on previous episodes and on guest pods that Mason Mount just need a rest. You know, we were talking about his form, and he did get a rest. I mean, 12 minutes. <laughs> Obviously, he had the winter break, but, you know, 12 minutes he came on, and he had a top game when he did and we both yeah. said that I mean he was so so he was so important to our side going forward with the attack and you could see that and like you said Jorginho and Kovacic in that that pivot that Kante that's how we sort of play going forward at the moment and I like to hope that Mount against Spurs 
which we'll touch on in a bit, he'll have another solid game if he obviously plays. I mean, what were your thoughts on Mason Mount in general when he came on? Yeah, I mean, like you said, we were both very, uh, very full of praise of him on Monday night. I thought he was fantastic when he came on. And he created a lot of chances. He looks probably our brightest spark on the pitch. And, he, you know, he pressed really well. He was energetic. When he got the ball, his passes were crisp. Well, should have set up Batshuayi for a goal, but Batshuayi missed. He did set up yeah. Giroud for a goal offside, but he looked very sharp now, did. And, and that's what we saw at the start of the season. You know, he's a young lad. You, you're going to get some periods where he isn't as crave, where he isn't as quick, where he isn't as clinical. But, you know, you just got to give him time and give him patience. Like this Chelsea team, you just got to give him patience. And, you know, the game on Monday showed how good he can be for us. 100% agreed. So, next up is the huge derby matchup against Spurs, where a win for either side will easily hand that team the advantage in the race for the top four. You know, this is the biggest game of our season so far, am I right? Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's John Terry said that uh, the game against Tottenham is where Chelsea's season starts again. And I couldn't agree more. It's a massive, massive game. I think whoever wins that will probably get top four. Um, but it, it is a must win. And, you know, we have to put our strong steam out. Yeah, I mean, we've got a few injuries. Obviously, N'Golo Kante has suffered a grade two tear and he'll be out until at least mid-March, we're told. So that's the Tottenham, Bayern and Liverpool fixtures he's out for, which, depending on how we go forward, as with the kovacic Regino duo, might be not as bad as we worry, but Pulisic and Hudson-Odoi won't be fit either to face Tottenham, and Tammy Abraham is rated as a maybe. On the flip side, Tottenham haven't got Son. He's now out for most likely the season. Harry Kane, similar. That leaves Lucas Moura as their only sort of focal point up front. So we're both experiencing injuries. I feel that's going to be quite key, the fact that they have been neutered with the, the, the unfortunate of their injuries. And yeah, we, we have to win. Yeah. A draw would not be good enough. I mean, it would have been if we'd have beat United, but I feel that, well, we just have to beat Spurs because they're so, they're obviously the rivals we like to, obviously there's always a bit of extra line riding on it because of that. But where they are, they are a direct rivals for the top four at this moment. And if we want to stay there, we have to beat them this weekend. Yeah, totally agree with you. Couldn't agree more. I mean, how 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 do you feel? We'll we'll take a little bit of a side note. How how do you feel this Spurs side has changed since Jose Mourinho's took it over? I mean, have they improved or have they just got really lucky? <laughs> um, it's hard to say. I don't think they've really improved massively. The results probably got a bit better. That's um, that's a definite. You know, they've got yeah. a bit better uh, results wise. But as far as footballing. I don't know. I, I personally still think that Mourinho isn't the man to take them forward. I don't know. I still don't know why they got rid of Pochettino. I think Mourinho just isn't a Tottenham manager for me. Um, it, they have been good some games, bad other games. So they were really poor against us when we played them earlier on the season. It's going to be a tough game. Mourinho won't want to lose this. He knows how big of a game this is for both teams. Um, defensively, they're, they're sound. You know, 
got some really good defensive players. Mourinho, very disciplined in his lineup. So, it's I mean, last night, last night they were poor against Leipzig. Yeah, I didn't watch the game, but I did hear they were very, very poor. And shout out yeah, to no. uh, Ethan Ampadu for having a great game. He that. was really good. I saw the stats from that game, and I've only seen the highlights. So obviously, you don't get the full knowledge of how the game played out but the stats alone show that Ampadu had a really really good game for Leipzig and fair play it's great to see him and he came out today as well I think it was either today or yesterday he came out to say that he's focusing on Chelsea for next season which if he does come into the fold that'd be brilliant you know he's he's doing well yeah. at Leipzig and yeah I mean <laughs> Tottenham showed last night they had a 4-4-2 sort of formation with Lucas and Ali were their kind of Ali were their sort of strike duo, which just doesn't really make for much worry. And we've got yeah. to make sure we deliver a big result. We have we've got no choice. It's simple as that. I mean, what's your prediction for this game? I definitely think Jeru will start. I think it'll probably I think it will be a close game. I think it'll be a one nil to or, or two one to either team. Yeah. Uh, I think that's very be... fair. I agree totally. I think a draw just isn't good enough, so we have to go go all out. I think Daru needs to start. I think Mount needs to start. Yes. I think he may go three at the back again. Maybe Alonso will start as well, which could be interesting. Yeah, it'd be certainly interesting. I mean, one nil would probably be fair, and I'm sure the Tottenham fans will turn up at our local pub. I'm sure they will. But um, you know, it's it does you do feel the odd one out when you're the. Uh, the fan of one team and there's about five, six fans of another team behind you. It's very, uh, okay. <laughs> very but embarrassing when you celebrate a goal. That twice. We celebrated twice for the record yeah. <laughs> and both were ruled out. So only to be yeah. laughed at by the Man United fans behind oh, us. Oh yes. Very painful. Um, next game preview. We've got Bayern Munich, uh, Champions League obviously returned this week and we welcome a very informed Bayern. Stamford Bridge. How many are we going to get beaten by? It wouldn't surprise me if we beat them. It really wouldn't surprise me if we beat them. I know that's mad to say, but it wouldn't surprise me if, because this Chelsea team is so inconsistent. It's got great results, some games, other games, terrible results. So it could be 2-0 to us. It could be 6-0 to them. I'm not quite sure at the moment, but they are a very, very good team with very, very good players. Lewandowski, Unbelievable finisher. Nabry, Tottenham fans saw what he could do. You know, they've got players all over the pitch who can hurt us and it's just going to be a very, very tough game for us. Yeah, I mean, Bayern really likes making big score lines. I mean, I'll just bring up a couple. Uh, 14th of December, 6-1 against Werder Bremen. Obviously, they're in relegation battle. So, yeah, take that. Yeah. Uh, they beat Hertha Berlin on the 19th of last month. 4-0 in Berlin. Then they followed up a week later on the 25th of Jan, 5-0 over Schalke. 4-1 over Cologne last week. Obviously going into, I think, I'm not, I think it's Friday they've got a game and they're playing Paderborn. Paderborn at bottom of the league. So that could be a cricket score. They could also rest some players. Yeah, I'm, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't mm. be surprised if they do rest some players. The thing is, they've got Lewandowski. You know, I'm not being a pessimist, but our form versus Bayern's form right now, it could be a mauling, but we could bring an upset. You know, we do kind of get up for these kind of big games. 
the Spurs result as well, that's going to affect our momentum and our mindset for sure. That's how I see it. Yeah, definitely. It just The Spurs game is a big, big win for us if we can get a result there. Well, at Stamford Bridge. Yeah. So if we win, we win against Spurs, our season could truly turn around and we can kickstart it again and then really push on. But if I mean, we lose, <laughs> it could be a massive, massive loss. I think the thing is, when you look at Bayern Munich and how they've done, they're very, very good at scoring early. I mean, at the moment, you know, they've scored 12 goals in the opening 15 minutes of all their Bundesliga games this season. I mean, they've played 22 matches, so over half of them, they've got an early goal. Yeah. You know, they were 3-0 up within 12 minutes against Cologne. It, you've, we've got to have a good start. Yeah, I mean, that, this Chelsea key. team, this Chelsea team, you know, it showed against Ajax, brilliant going forward when we're on form. But again, it, if they get an early goal, will we have the answers? I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. It all depends on injuries and who we've got back. And again, it relying on the Spurs game as well. So it's going to be a very interesting game. It could be 4-0 to them, like I said. It could be 2-0 to us, or it could be 4-4. It could go either way, really. I'm really sitting on the fence on this one. Yeah, I'm not too confident in a prediction. It could be 3-0, 3-0 to either side. I mean, yeah. it's just such a... We've got big games, because obviously Tottenham this weekend, then it's Bayern. Then we go to Bournemouth. Now, they beat us. Irrelevant of what form they were in, they beat us. And then it's Liverpool in the FA Cup. Huge, because obviously the FA Cup fifth-round fixture are going to be midweek, so that's a Tuesday. We've got those. And then Everton at home. And obviously we go to Villa and then before we play Bayern again. But, you know, these are... (laughs) the We've still got Liverpool to play in the league at Anfield. We've still got Wolves to play at home. That's obviously the last day of the season. We've got City at home. We've got some big games. And yeah. obviously Everton, they're not going to be a pushover. They've been brilliant under Carlo. It's it's just going to be it's going to be an interesting end to the season. And we it's in our own hands still, but this Tottenham game is huge. It's so huge this weekend. The Bayern game as well. You know, yeah. this could be it could define so much. If we can get that form going. Yeah, or even a draw. I mean, it's difficult. You go into the Allianz. We've got a track record at the Allianz. We've done okay. Eight well, years ago, we did is, okay. Our, we did. Our away form has been brilliant this season against a big team. So, if we can get a draw minimum, at Stamford Bridge, you know, pressure's off us at the Allianz. No one's expecting us to win. True. We, we could get a result. I mean, we got a result against Ajax. I know Bayern Munich are the better team, but you know, we've shown that we can do it. So. You know, it's going to be a big couple of weeks for us. It really is. Huge couple of weeks. So I feel we've come to the end of another episode of At The Bridge Pod. So till next time, listeners, this is myself, Mikey and Chris signing off. We will return next week where we will talk all things Chelsea. So until then, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at At The Bridge Pod. Thanks for listening, everyone. Until next time.